The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. On with me, of course, Kentrell Lockett, former Ole Miss defensive end, at Clark underscore Kentrell on Twitter. And today's guest, the first true champion we've had on Talk of Champions, is former Ole Miss running back Brandon Bolden. Just won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. Hey, buddy. What's up, guys? How are you feeling? You you, you just got off of another Super Bowl when you're second. It's got to be pretty surreal to be getting another one. Uh, it's um, it's it's still lost for words. I still gotta pinch myself in the morning and just be like, wow, you just won another Super Bowl. Um, but it's uh, it's been a crazy adventure, and uh, it's a lot of things that I took from Ole Miss that contributes to my success to help these guys get to the Super Bowl and to the playoffs every year. Man, listen, I watched the game. I said that I was watching the game. I was nervous. I, I mean, nervous. I still sweat. You know, just. <laughs> Just what part in that game when you knew that 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 y'all were about to bring home that W? This is really when we came out in the second half. In all honesty, uh, we went in the locker room, and you know, Bill said his part, but a few players that got up and was just like, "We need to go back out there and we need to have fun. We got to play for the guy next next to us, and we got to push this game. We know this game going to be sixty minutes, so we got this next half. We got to go play our game." And um, that's what we went out there and did. We went out there and played for each other. And you could tell that's what it was. 
guys were getting strict strip sacks and the entire team was almost on the field. Guys scoring touchdowns and the team coming to join him on the field. We were playing for each other and that's what led us to start coming back. You can feel that presence, just that you could just you could feel that something was about to happen. And uh we we didn't let we didn't let the dam break. I mean, we got to that point to where the game could have been put away, but with the group of guys we have, the coaches we have, we're not going to go out without a fight. And uh, that's what we did. We fought out, we fought our ass off, and we came back and won it. What's crazy to me is the Falcons have the ball first and 10 at the 22 going in. All they have to do is run the ball three times or take a knee three times, kick a field goal, and they probably win the game because time was not on y'all's side. But then they – for some reason, decided to throw the ball, like you said, knocked him back three times, and they punt to, to Tom Brady, your boy, your, your good buddy Tom Brady. Uh, once he got the <laughs> ball back, was there any doubt on the sideline what was about to happen? No. Um, pretty much everybody on offense and defense, um, like we knew what time it was. We knew what time it was. When Tom has that ball in his hand, and I don't know, me personally, I think Tom likes a little pressure. Because uh, to do what he did and have that much composure, I mean, that guy, that guy can make diamonds out of coal. So I've seen him do amazing things in my five years here with him, and so it was no doubt in my mind that we were about to make something happen. I'm reading all the press clippings leading up to the Super Bowl. You know, I've known you for a long time. You're one of my genuinely favorite dudes to cover. You and Forty, I've known y'all probably as well as anybody, and when you were coming through one of the biggest compliments that was paid to you by your teammates was how good of a teammate you were. And I read this story about how you and Tom Brady got some type of bromance going on and he, in the quote he gave, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that you're one of the best teammates he's had, that you're so selfless, that um, you're a great player, a great teammate and a great friend. And he'll be friends with you for your entire life, man. How did that bromance come about, bro? <laughs> um, it is it, it's crazy the stuff you learn. Um, honestly, when I came in as a rookie, undrafted free agent, um, a lot of people were like, "There's no chance he's gonna make this team. That's not gonna happen." And uh, even then, Tom didn't know me from Sam, and uh, he came and shook my hand, introduced himself. Um, you know, we talked for a little while, and I started picking his brain like first day in. It's like, man, what do you think about this coverage or what is the concept on this route? And he, you know, he walked me through it. And so with that, I started playing. And then even like Tom and Taylor is like, I'm one of the most dependable guys he knows. And that's because I really take the time. He'll say that. I take the time to ask questions to make sure I don't leave anything unturned. And Tom knows first and foremost that if it's any blitzer or any mispickup, you know, if I'm in there, I'm the first one that's going to pick it up. I got I got his back no matter what. You want to lay on Tom Brady, you're going to get off of him real quick if I'm around. Uh, and that's my boy. So, uh, me and Tom, it just started when I first came here, and it started just from a simple, hey, how you doing? So, is the debate over? Is Tom Brady the GOAT? Uh, Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's been the GOAT, and he just proved. If there was any question, he just proved in this last game that he is the GOAT. All right, Mr. Brandon Bertrand, as not people, not <laughs> people need to know, but it, it, me and this right. guy go way back, man. And you know how we all got my Twitter handle, Clark Kentrell. Um, 
BB Hulk smash, you know, a lot of people, let a few people in on the inside of, of where the Hulk smash or that came from. Cause I know the story, but a few other people, you know, may not know. Yeah. You, that's messed up. Um, <laughs> it's it, not messed it, up. it started, it started when we was at Ole Miss. Um, Everybody knew I was an avid. I was a comic book guy. I said that I draw whatever I wanted to. I read comics. Any any superhero movie, I can give you anything you want to know about it before the movie come out. And uh, it was just one day. I can't remember what exactly happened, but it was one of those days for me. And I was extremely, extremely upset. And I went to open my locker, and I ripped my locker from bottom to top, like all the way off the hinges. And uh it was actually Mr. Clark Kimtrell himself want to run over there and start yelling, up, oh, there go that Hulk smash. <laughs> Hulk smash. And, uh, and that's when it started. And then it just became funny as even like during games, if it was a big hit or a big run or if I ran, if it was a broken tackle, you could always hear Kimtrell Lockett screaming, uh, Hulk smash, let Hulk smash go. And uh, it just kind of ran from there. So Kimtrell gave me that, that name, I want to say like my sophomore year, he started calling me that. Random question. This weird. Who will win the fight? Superman or the Hulk? Is this really a question? Yeah, I'm asking. Who will win, a, who, who will win this battle? Superman or the Hulk? Uh, oh, the Hulk. Hands down. Why would the Hulk win this battle? Because the only thing Superman can really do is fly, which the Hulk don't need to fly. He's not going to really- match strength? I don't even think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna match strength because the more the the more Superman uses lasers and try to punch on the Hulk and all that, I really see him pissing the Hulk off. And is how I feel like I play football. Once I get my hands on you, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do to you. So the Hulk, you saying the Hulk is the green kryptonite for 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 Superman? Yeah, uh, no doubt. Okay, I just had to ask that. I'm sorry. That is the most. That is the most Kentrell Lockett question. Yet on top of shit. I'm sorry. That's that. I just needed to know that because that was a conversation that kind of stemmed from a long time ago. But I, I don't know where it came yeah. from. I just have to ask it again. But man, I, I consider you one of the best of friends, like my homie, like Ace Boone Coon. And dog, I'm so proud of you that you, you went from Baton Rouge to Mississippi to Boston, two time Super Bowl champion. Is there necessarily a blue a blueprint, you know, to getting to where you are in the in uh well at, at your status or, or in the league? Or is the is it just hard work? It's it's really it's really hard work and just the determination to not let people not let people dictate how you live your life or what you do. You do what you want to do. You can put your mind to it, you can do anything you wanna do. I was not look I wasn't really looked at coming out of high school <clears throat> and I didn't let that bother me nor let it deter me from me playing and me trying to make sure I played on that field. I didn't want to be the red shirt freshman. I didn't want to be that guy who was just there and never really played or contributed. I wanted to be out there, and that's what I went out there and did. Same thing goes when I came in my rookie year. It was the same thing. He's not going to make the team. He's not going to stick. He'll be home whenever. And um, it was just I like proving people wrong. And uh, Kentrell knows what – knows that about me better than anybody no matter what you say if i have an answer for it i'm you're not gonna ever prove me wrong and uh i'm I'm, like i said i'm gonna do what i want to do and i wanted to come to this league and i wanted to play and that's how i've been and that's the only way to be i see it sometimes Ole Miss fans forget too bb that 
yeah, you were the starting running back. Yeah, you were the face of the program your senior year. But you didn't just play running back. And what kind of helped you in terms of making a roster? Because the path for an undrafted free agent coming into the NFL is not easy. But you have to show your versatility. And at Ole Miss, you even played special teams. I mean, I, I can't remember what all teams you were on. But, I mean, there you would see Brandon Bolden starting running back making a tackle and punt team. It was Coach Sheebus, my my junior year. He was like, BB, if you're really serious about playing in the NFL, you need to really consider and playing on special teams. And I've always seen guys go down on special teams, and that's why some of the biggest hits I've ever seen and been a part of have ever happened. And so it was like, you know what? Why not? I'm going to go run down. I don't, I don't care. We, I'll score a touchdown and then go cover this kick on kickoff. Or, you know, oh, we didn't get the first down. Put me at gun on point team. I'll run down and we're going to make this tackle real quick. And uh, it was Coach Stevens gave me the chance. Because uh, at first, he, I would, he would do it jokingly. He would always say, yeah, BB, you get in there, you get in there. But I never took a rip at it at practice, never did anything. And one day, I just skipped the line. I was like, man, let me get this rep. And I covered down at practice one day. And, like, we really didn't talk about it. But in the game, it was like, think you could cover this one. I covered down and actually forced the fumble. So, I was like, you know what? This is this ain't that hard. And um, you you have to show your work. And uh, Coach Belichick says that all the time. you got to be very versatile to be on this team. And uh, I think that's what makes us so great. We have so many people that can play so many different positions. So, it's just uh, – it's really is the coaching and his blueprint of how he sees his team – and it kind of leads to our success, really. When did you know, when when you're having that undrafted free agent year and you're trying to prove yourself, when did you know that you were endearing yourself, not only to Tom, not only to Bill, but just to the team in general, that, hey, man, I've I've carved a niche here. And, and really, you've, you've made a five-year, six-year career out of it simply by being that Swiss Army knife. But when did you know that you had, had ingrained yourself in Patriots culture? Um... <laughs> when I was still around for the last cuts, I was like, <laughs> uh, I might still be here. And then we played that last preseason game. So it's like, man, I don't even think I'm going to leave the house today. I, I didn't go out to eat. I didn't do anything. I just kind of sat there. I was like, I know I'm going to get this phone call. I know I'm about to get this phone call. That phone call never came. And uh, for five years now, that phone call has never came. And so it's still it's still kind of hard to sink in because you know, I grew up watching everybody play. I grew up watching Tom Brady play. I grew up always seeing Bill Belichick's face on TV. And then to say that I'm in the same locker room with these guys is still, for me, still kind of surreal, even though I, I, I am in. Like, I shake hands with these guys on a daily basis. So so what's next for Brandon Bolton? It's the off season. You just won the Super Bowl. You going to Disney World? Any vacations planned or anything, man? What <laughs> uh, I got nothing planned right now besides having my little girl. Uh, she's doing, we're going to call it March 13th. And so I'm just going to spend this off season being a two-time dad, you know. I already got my five-year-old son and then about to have a little girl. I'm try to help my wife out as much as possible because she's been a trooper. Left from up here and drove down to the Super Bowl and was a part of all Super Bowl festivities. So with her doing all that hard work and you know pulling her pulling her own, I can't do nothing but help her this offseason. Man, well, blessings and blessings and blessings to you. You know the house is going to be balanced now. You know you you already got your little boy. Now you're going to get your little girl. But- <laughs> 
share that 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 pressure with you. You know, I've been yeah. in that game seven years with the little girl. So, but <laughs> man, you know, you're coming up. It's it's off a of Super Bowl now. It's it's contract year for you, right? How are you going to approach your free agency? Um. Is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one. It's gonna be have to be a family effort. I'm gonna see where how the whole family feels about everything, and uh, just see how it goes. Uh, we love to be in the, with the New England Patriots, but you know this is a business first and foremost. So just in case that doesn't happen, you know we'll see what the family thinks. Um, I feel awesome, you know, hanging out with Tom. I feel like I can play as long as he has, but I don't play quarterback. So uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> when you're asked about Ole Miss these days, when teammates talk to you about it, old friends, media types like myself, when anybody brings up Ole Miss to you, what, what do you think about? What's your immediate uh, thought when, when you think of Ole Miss? I, um, just all the guys I came across, all the people that I really came across that actually cared you know, about the game of football, about the team. Um, that's really all I think about. Uh, it's like, it's you guys to be honest, uh, especially you two, like being me and you, oh, we've never had a problem. As opposed to like other media, somebody might misquote me or something like that. But me, me and you, that's why it's no problem for me to ever talk to you. And Kentrell just, with us being from Louisiana, me and Kentrell already had something that we could already like start a conversation with. And then as he introduced me to more guys on the team, it was more stuff we had in common that the fact that we all did love football. We love the game of football. We love the thought of the team and stuff like that. And uh, it's kind of anytime anybody asks me, I think about all those guys and my old teammates that I had. And, uh, and it's just like, sometimes it's just like, I kind of had teammates like this. I could pick and point out who, who, who would be who, who I compare who to who. Um, like on this team, if we can compare, like Kentrell Lockett on the Ole Miss team would be Dante Hightower for me. Somebody who I'm always cool with, one of the only defensive people that no matter what, we we gonna be you gonna find us close around each other at some point. We can always joke back and forth with, and uh, so it's, it's that kind of it's that kind of still continuity I try to bring. That's what I try to bring from Ole Miss is make everything as tight as we can to make sure no matter what, nobody can ever say they got in between this team and they ruined us in any type of way by dividing us. And, uh, like, the, our running back room, that's you. everybody has seen what we do after touchdowns, and nobody who cares who gets a touchdown. And none of that matters for us. It's about the W at the end of the day. So they go from our running back group, and you see that with the three quarterbacks we had, who all three of them had to play. You see that with the wide receivers. You see that with the tight ends, the O line, and, and then it stretches off into a bigger group. To this is the this is the closest team. In my five years. This is one of the closest teams I've been on since I've been here. To where everybody really, everybody was cool with everybody. There was no problems at any point in time. Like nothing. Everybody really cared about the team and wanted to do what was best for the team. And that's what led to our success. What's the moment that you remember the best about Ole Miss? Was it the Cotton Bowl? I mean, what what is there any singular moment that that you go, man? That was me at my my college apex. Yeah, Cotton Bowl, Cotton Bowl would definitely be up there. Uh, that game against Fresno State, that would be up there. Um, my favorite moment still from Ole Miss though is um, Mr. Blackett Lockett over there. <laughs> yep. uh, no, don't put that on me. My favorite moment still. is Sir Air. When Sir Air was calling, oh come on! 
That is my yeah. favorite moment when Sir Edge. I still watch this video. Swear, bro. I still watch this video to this day. When you took off from like the 10 on that video, are you ready? Hell yeah, yeah I'm ready. Hell yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. I was watching that the other day. Man, I don't oh, know what man. it is. Because I didn't like my RG nah. ready video. I didn't like mine. They did me bad. Hey, yours was straight, yep. Ah man, nah, mine was just good. I'm just a little bit more athletic than you. That's all. Oh, just a little oh, bit. Excuse me, excuse me. I just have <laughs> bad knees or anything like that. I got, you know, I got them. I was Patrick Ewing on the football field, man. Leave that alone, though. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. See what oh, I'm saying? Man. I've never gotten gotten BB to talk without the filter about it. Now you're so far removed. The statute of limitations you can carry it on. How much did it piss you off to get suspended by Houston Nut? You and that group. Oh man, that was that was that was just that 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 sucked. I've never been so upset in my life. Um, that was that was real hard. That was real hard. I mean, it was hard for all of us. Like it, it sucked to sit there and watch the game. Stupid. It was. It, it really ain't make sense. It really didn't make sense. But I mean, he had to do what he had to do. I mean, I guess he felt played about the situation, but uh, still, I don't, I don't agree with it. A lot of people ain't agree with it. Um, I don't know. That was just it was really no, no, bad. no one, no one really agreed with it, and that's the that's the thing that fascinates me about it is because anyone that looked at it objectively thought it was pretty asinine that Houston nuts suspending four players. You. Uh, I think it was AJ was was suspended. Alex Washington and Flander Moore who didn't make it. But I mean, I I never understood what the reasoning was behind it. And from my full understanding of, and this is totally from talking to a number of different people, is that um, it had to do with something involving class and missing practice. But none of it made any kind of sense because you ask these kids to be student athletes and he suspends you anyway for Alabama of all yeah. game, of all games. For all games, you know, we had a test that day, so we went and took the test. The deal we had to do. And we was on the way to practice. We it, we didn't skip practice. We showed up late to practice. And they were said like they were calling us and everything. And but like we were in a test. So once we all were done with the test, we all left to go back to practice. We just caught the very end of it. Did you ever so for, did I, you ever forgive it, Houston up for that? Nope. If Houston walked up to you today and said, "Hey, Brandon, how you doing, man?" What would you say to him? Mm, it would be no words. I would say hi to Achilles feeling, Houston. <laughs> it would be no words whatsoever. Uh, that, nah, because he really, he really separated me from my brothers, and that, 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 that still don't sit well with me. Even when I think about it, when people ask me about it, I still get upset about it. When you look back on that, and considering how tough it was, how then vindicated do you feel? to not get to the ultimate prize at Ole Miss, which was always your goal as a team leader, but then to turn around and make the Super Bowl. I mean, do you kind of feel like um, you went from hell to heaven in many respects in, that, in, in terms of winning and, and being able to get to that championship level? Um, I mean, all success, you got to go down some bumpy road. That was just our bumpy road, you know? Because even after that, like we had went two Super Bowls and we had two not-so-great seasons – and turn around, Coach Freeze takes over, and, you know, it starts to go back up a little bit. So, I mean, it's a wave. You got to ride the wave sometimes. And uh, I came here, and uh, crazy crazy stat, I've been here five years. I've been in every AFC championship game for the past five years. 
And uh, so it's still kind of like, wow, you know? So you, you got to ride that way. If we go to AFC Championship, we get that close, and then we don't make it for two years straight. Then we go come back from – come from behind and win. Then we go to AFC Championship again, lose. Then we go back win and then go win the Super Bowl again. So it's still like you just got to ride the wave sometimes. Sometimes the waves dip down lower than others. And sometimes they just stay high. You just got to ride them. So, BB, listen, it was this one point in time when no one knew that it wasn't a battle, but after practice, you remember this battle that was, it was you, Craig Drummond, A.J. Hawkins, and E.J. Everson. E.J., yeah. Cassius Vaughn, uh, Derek, Derek Davis, Cordero Eason, um, and me, and it was like it was like a real row session, just backwards and forward, backwards and forward, yeah. backwards and forward. What, what inside the locker rooms really are, you know, it's not like this group's over here, this group's over here. We clown just like everybody else. And uh, like when I came to the NFL, I thought it was all serious. I thought people really didn't get into that as much. But um, there is some clowns on this team too, and uh, they just, they just, they they. They they're not as bad as we was, and because we would go to the point to where we would just make you leave the circle if you felt bad enough. Like we'll talk you out your chair. But here it's kind of like everybody everybody's gonna throw a jab or two, but nobody going out for that knockout punch. So it's still it's still hilarious. Um, everybody gets in on it. Um, it's the same thing. You got got to watch what you wear. You know, don't just come out. Just don't don't come to work just looking like. Oh uh, yeah, it's just another day. Because people will let you have it from the time you walk in until we leave. Were there certain teammates that used to get their feelings hurt? It was. We we've had a few. We've had a few. Certain people yeah, when you hit home, you know the truth hurt. Yeah, you remember, we, Bo- we, you remember we, Box Chevy shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> I know you remember <laughs> Box Chevy shoulders. But oh man, that get that make you get up and leave. I mean, you got. You, you really gotta be. You gotta be on your ones and twos. Like you come, you come around half stepping. Everybody gonna check you. Everybody yeah, gonna check you. And at one point, we had coaches getting in on it. Yeah, it used to get real. It used to get real reckless in there. The last time we did a podcast, well, the first one I think it was forty. We uh, we told Greg Hardy stories, and we've had um, we've had a couple other people on, but they don't have. They they really wouldn't have had a good Greg Hardy story. Do you have any when you think of Greg Hardy and the stuff he used to pull when y'all were on the team together? What what story comes to your brain? <laughs> uh, we were at the library one night, and uh, oh man, Greg walked in with some cargo shorts, some low top jean nights with crew socks, uh, about a half sleeve buttoned up with a sweater on top. Everything is uh, everything is uh, what is it called? Checkerboard. And he had on the white uh, white Congo hat, Congo hat, with some like Kanye West blinds glasses. And so the funny part was nobody knew who it was, but you see this six five, two hundred and eighty pound man walking around with braids and a headband on. And it's like, I, I, I wish I could paint you the picture because I don't think I ever laughed so hard in a club setting in my life. Everything was white and blue. And it was just the funniest thing I ever seen. Like, he came fresh from a picnic table. <laughs> but 
that was like the funniest thing I ever seen before in my life. Greg was a Greg was a cat. He was a football player, but he was a different cat. They had so many different stories about Greg. Greg used to wear the size. If people don't believe or really picture when you say a guy wears a size fourteen shoe, that's his. That's yeah. his actual size, but. The actual shoes he will purchase would be like size 16s and 17s, and it would be tied so tight that like the sides of the shoes touch. You know where you to pull a shoestring so tight that the eyelids that were actually to and and you can tell because they got so much space in the back of the shoe. So much you space, put, uh, and it sounded like he it sounded like a scuba diver walking when you walk. Ah, flop, scuba Steve. It's just great. <laughs> Like we're on the beach. Hey, but when football's over, when the air go out the ball for you, or just when you when it's time, you'd be like, well, you know, uh, it's time for Brandon Bolton and just sit back, relax, and um, just enjoy the fruits of my labor. What do you see yourself doing? Probably going to be a teacher. Still kind of a history, but I need to brush up on and talk about school in the past five years. So I guess go brush up on some history and go try to get a job somewhere being a teacher. Coaching. I haven't really thought about that part. Um, this was just my kind of extension to still just hang out, eat as much pizza as I want, be hang out with my friends and stuff, and uh, call mom for cash on the weekends. You know, but <laughs> I'll say about eight to ten years, we're gonna put this. We gonna we gonna put this whole coaching staff together. You know, me, me, you. Well, I'm, I'm just including you if you want to get in board and a host of other guys. And I think we can, we can, we can run the table. What you think? That'd be some scary stuff. It, 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 the kids we would have would be that'd be something. That'd be something to see because we all know what it takes to get there. You know, that'd be something scary to see. I would hate to coach against that coaching staff. In this scenario, am I Jimmy Sexton or something? Like, what, what that, where the hell has been in this scenario? Um, you, you, you could be like, you could be Coach Beaumont. Thanks, Forty. I get to be yeah. the ops guy. Man, Thanks, Beaumont, man. Man, Coach Beaumont was the man, was the man though. What you don't know, right. Coach Beaumont was the glue that held everything together, bro. For real. I we straight up had like, yeah. Think about, think about Bowling as the running back coach. Think about the safety coach. Let's see who may get Kendrick to be safety coach. Get Bob to be the uh, to be the offensive lineman coach. We might can get Hightower to be the linebackers coach or be the old coordinator. Ooh, that already sounds nasty. You see what I'm saying? That's too. That's too much. That's too much. They ain't ready. That's too much. They ain't ready. Uh, Nick Saban. Because that, that would that would be that would be a scared group of guys, bro. I don't know. I gotta see what I gotta check in with the wife and see what she want to do. Because uh, you know she uh she put everything on pause for me so. When it's over with, we're going to see what we, we're going to travel the world and do all the other crazy fun stuff we were supposed to do before we start having kids. By the eight to ten years, we should have an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old. And Bryce is going to be, ooh, Bryce is going to be 12. Well, that's what grandparents are for. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I think they'll be all right. But let's see what the wife would say when it's all said and done. Because uh, it's kind of like... It's funny that I read something that Tom said. They asked him about when he was going to retire. He said, well, if it was up to my my wife, I retire tonight. You know, that was right after the Super Bowl. And I kind of, I feel like that's how everybody is. It's like, if wife said it's time to put the cleats up, guess what? Sorry, guys, I got to go home. Wife said I got to put the cleats up. And then I just have to go with that. So it's whenever she, because she knows, she knows me better than anybody. 
um, that yeah, she knows me better than anybody. So she'll she'll see me around. She's just like, yeah, you need to go ahead and have a seat, sir. And um, <laughs> I'll bring you some clothes before. You're just going to have a seat right here, you know. So that's what I'm waiting on. When she noticed that it's time for me to put them up, that's when. That's what's going to happen. Give me your best Tom Brady and your best Bill Belichick story, maybe stories that we wouldn't otherwise be privy to, but you're there for it every single day. That's the thing. With Bill, it's so hard because there's so much stuff. It's like, what do you, what, where do you want me to start with Bill? I'm scared of Bill. He, I he, am scared I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody, everybody kind of, not eggshells, but everybody watch what they say and do around Bill just because you don't know what, what you're going to get. Bill is but like everybody the angry like, neighbor next door. I don't want to go knock on the angry neighbor next door <laughs> door. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And like it's the same facial expression all the time. Um, same facial expression. Uh, funny story. Funny story was actually uh, yesterday for the parade. Uh, so after the parade was over with, the whole team went up. And, uh, you know, everybody was taking selfies with each other because, you know, it was the parade. It was a great time. Uh, like I know everybody knows Bill doesn't know the name of any social media outlet there is. Like it's Snapface, it's Instaface, he doesn't. It's Twitter, you know everything. And no one, nothing has a real name. So if you guys were to like, Coach, I know you don't have Snapface, but let me get a couple pictures with you. And that is the first time I've seen Bill like genuinely laugh. Like he thought it was real funny. So who he is in media settings is who he pretty much is. I mean, consistently, he's that guy. Oh, yeah. You, you, what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. And uh, I, one thing I can honestly say about Bill, and I always appreciate him, it doesn't matter if it's going good, if it's going bad, he's going to be 100% real with you and like tell you exactly, exactly how he feels. So you don't have to guess anything. What's the harshest criticism he's ever said to you? I don't even want to repeat what he said to me. It was one of those where I like, and for him, don't be like, I don't, I don't tuck my tail for nobody. But it was one of those, my tail, not he. Like as he was talking to me, I started sliding down my seat so he couldn't look at me in my face. I looked like he was looking into my soul, and was yeah, like piercing the back of my head type. So he's one of those guys. Well, you could tell him I'm afraid of him. You can tell him that for me from a distance. Yeah. From a distance, you know, it, it, uh, it's, it's crazy. You'll be walking down the hall and you see guys start turning around from the corner. So it's like, what's wrong with you? Bill coming. Like, what? What's wrong with you? It's me. The principal. Walk it's by. the principal. <laughs> it's the principal, exactly. Oh, got to go. And you see guys really been that corner trying to get away from or going the other way. It's, it's funny. And there's a few guys, you know, like, I feel like me and Bill, we have a pretty decent relationship. I think so anyway. Um I feel like if I have a question or something, I go ask him. I could go ask him, and he's gonna he gonna keep he gonna keep it one hundred with me. Like he doesn't he ain't gonna spare your feelings. If that's what you're going to build for, you definitely going to the wrong person. But if you want somebody that's gonna keep it, gonna keep it all the way real with you, no matter what, build that guy. Well, give me your Brady story. I interrupted you. What's your Tom Brady story? <laughs> uh, so everybody know about the. The girl with that catch me outside. How about that? Yeah. And so we were the running backs was just kind of chilling with Tom one day, and we we was talking about yeah, man, if we win this, you know, we should like we should say this, we should say that, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and like just Tom wasn't saying anything, but you could tell he was thinking about something. 
And he said, if we win it, boys, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go on Instagram, I'm going to put a picture up, and I'm going to say, catch me at the parade. How about that? He really did. <laughs> like, he really got a picture from the Super Bowl, put it on Instagram, and the caption was, catch me at the parade. How about that? And when I tell you, if you like see Tom Brady, you know, how fierce a competitor he is, you see him in his interviews, you see how passionate and stuff he is about football, and you really – him and Bill kind of, eh, what, what, they're not the most jokiest people. But for him to say that, to say he was going to do it, and he really went through with it and did it, man, I never laughed so hard in my, in my life. Like, the whole bus ride to the parade, that was the joke. Catch us at the parade. How about that? That was hilarious. Well, one of the last things, and I'll let you go, um, do you keep up with Ole Miss as much anymore? Do you, did you know what happened? And, and for guys who went for the five and seven season last year and the guys that are coming back and trying to rebound, what type of advice would you give them about how to turn it around? You've been a part of teams like that that struggled and then turned around and had success. What what kind of advice would you give Ole Miss guys? Uh, you got to stick, stick to the grind. You stick to the grind. You got to take that feeling from last year. You really have to ingrain that feeling into the into your head and remember you don't want to feel like that ever again because I know what that was like and that was why I wanted to come to the NFL and try to be successful at something because I know what that's like to have to be way up there and you're like man we did it and then be way down there and just be like man we suck and so I I, I know what that feel like and I know it's hard and it's so it's so many people so many people that's going to have something to say about what y'all should have did, which, what you should be doing, and what should be doing going on over here. But they got to remember those people are not in-house, and that's the people that make or break your team. You can't listen to the people. We got we got a sign on our door walking into the building. Well, walking out of the building, actually. It says, ignore the noise. And you don't let people from the outside dictate what's going on on the inside. What happens in your house, stay in your house. People stay outside your house trying to look through the window. You better buy you some some shades and close them. Because them people ain't, they're not relevant. They're not part of this train that you're trying to get to. We're trying to take this train to the ship. You know what I'm saying? So we got to gotta stick to the grind, stick to the process. Because if you straight away from the process, listening to other people, that's where everybody falls short. It's not a one-man game. It's a team game, and everybody got to stick to the team and be about the team. I mean, everybody go do their thing, but it's got to be about the team when y'all step in between them white lines and y'all got to care about each other. And that's, that's all you got. That's all it really takes. That's all it really takes. That's pretty much the same thing I said. That's the same thing I said to my teammates after we lost the AFC Championship last year is to remember this feeling and remember that we know we work too hard and we know we way better than what we left out there on that field. And you got to come back. You got to come back and take, it starts in the off season. It starts in the off season where you building with your teammates, you grinding with your teammates, you sweating, you bleeding, you go out there, you scratch and claw to get every inch with your teammates. And that's what's going to lead to everybody's success. You have to make it a cohesive unit and it has to start in the off season. When it comes that time for Lil Bryson to go through that recruiting process, you know, senior, junior high school, senior high school, and he's getting all these, you know, um, offers. Now, if, oh, if there's three on the table, Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, where he going? To be honest, to be honest, I'm going to do what my parents did. Real. 
And I'm going to leave that completely up to him. Now, if he comes and asks me information about any school, I'm going to give him what I know, and I'm going to do some research and give him more. Right. At the end of the day, I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, he he going to have to make that decision for himself because that for me, that's why I felt like that's what my parents felt as if, all right, you starting to grow up. You can make your own decisions, you know? So I'm not going to hinder him in that way. I'm going to let him make his own, his own decision. Now, when he do, if he do say, yeah, I'm thinking about going on this, you know, I'm going to give him everything I know. We look, I, we used to go here. We used to go here. This is what class oh, okay. we need to take. I'm, I'm going to hit him up with those. I'm going to hit him up with those. But as far as, what school he should go to? I'm gonna let Makujo uh, pick his own. He gonna do that by himself because I feel like that's part of the that's part of the growing up stage. So I'm gonna let him do that on his own. Hold on now, LSU never came with a with an offer for you. That was a source of motivation your whole old Miss career. You mean to tell me LSU you you're not gonna hold a 20 year grudge on LSU? Come on now. They gotta understand me being from Baton Rouge. My wife's born there. He sees LSU colors all the time. Like he's there right now, and he he doesn't own anything LSU. By the way, we still rock out on his t-shirts. There That's what I'm saying. Uh, just want to throw that in there. Uh, but so he uh, he's around there all the time. Like my wife, she graduated from there, so they're there all the time. So I really can't just be like, ah, you know, throw my two cents in how I feel about him because it's still home, and he'll be around the rest of his family. So, I mean, I can't can't throw that one in. Can't throw him under the bus too far. <laughs> you know? Too far. I'm going I'm to I'm tell him how to did me now. I'm going to tell him what happened. But he's going to have to make a decision for himself. Well, best of luck. And I know free agency is coming up and you have a decision to make. And we'll be wishing you the best there. If you want to go to the Dallas Cowboys, they've been my team since birth. Uh, <laughs> I will come cover you as, a, as an excuse to hang out with you and also to uh, – Go see a game for free. So, hey, man, just throwing that out there if you want to just keep it in your brain, you know. All right. <laughs> just keep it in mind, DB. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. When are you coming back to Oxford? When are you going to be at Old, when are you going to be at Old Miss again? Uh, just right now, just like I said, we have having a little girl. So, um, I, I really don't know. I, I we've been meaning to make a foot trip down there. We just haven't been haven't gotten to it. We have so much going on in the off season that to where. I don't feel like I ever get a break. We we don't stop moving around here. Forty knows. Forty knows. I don't stop moving at all. Soon as oh. soon as this is over with, this is uh, this is like hell week for me. Uh, we rip and run around here. That's why I stay in shape. We don't stop moving. <laughs> My off season starts now. Well, well, Forty and I will hold a spot for you um, in front of DJ Mario at the library, and when you do decide to come down, <laughs> it'll be right there waiting for you. All right. Well, thanks, buddy, for the time. We appreciate it, man. All the best of luck moving forward, and we'll catch up soon. All right. Appreciate it.